0: You're listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy.
1: Welcome back to Grounded. We are in Lebanon, Oregon this week interviewing Brian Trice, Executive Director for the Columbia Willamette Clean Cities Coalition, a nonprofit focused on boosting clean alternative fuels in our state. Brian's office is at the Advanced Transportation Technology Center at Lynn Benton Community College, a facility that's working hard to train the next generation of alternative fuel experts and technicians. Thanks for joining me this morning, Brian. Now, you wear a number of hats. You're not just the executive director of Clean Cities. Can you tell me a little about your other roles?
0: Yeah, I also am the manager of alternative bills at Lynn Benton Community College's Advanced Transportation Technology Center in Lebanon, Oregon. The third part of my job is I also have the Green Transportation Summit and Expo, which is a grassroots, fleet-oriented regional conference that I created back about 2011 when I was with one of the Freightliner dealerships in Portland.
1: Let's start with hat number one, and can you tell me about the Columbia Willamette Clean Cities Coalition? How did it get its start?
0: So the Columbia Willamette Clean Cities Coalition, our coalition, got started back in um, 1994. Some of the founding members included City of Portland, State of Oregon, or uh, ODOT, TriMet, PGE, Northwest Natural, Pacific Power, and about 10 other public agencies. And I believe this was part of the, back, back then, it was part of the Clean Air Act.
1: And what are the goals of the coalition?
0: Clean Cities is a private-public partnership with the U.S. Department of Energy. And our whole mission is to help clean up greenhouse gas emissions through a number of different things between our, our website, uh, webinars, literature, most importantly, education. Um, we do workshops. We participate in grants. We help out. Um, Anything to do around sustainability or energy and just everything around transportation. So there's a number of different things.
1: Can you describe how the Columbia Willamette Clean Cities Coalition ties into the national coalition efforts?
0: So we tie into the National Clean Cities Coalition efforts with with what our goals and and what our mission is. Our, Our mission is to passionately promote the production and use of clean domestically produced alternative fuels. Be the clearinghouse for highly recognizable brand name of all things, alternative bills. So anything to do with alternative bills, where that where that where that go to for fleets as to whereas you have uh, other groups that specialize in, let's say, you know, like electricity or stuff like that. Any, anything to do with fleets, where that clearinghouse for fleets to come through, any kind of information you need. You can obviously go to our website too, and you can you can download anything that's relevant and new. So we're that clearinghouse for it.
1: Promoting alternative transportation is a big job. Uh, what kind of programs do you offer?
0: So the different kinds of programs that Clean Cities offers is, is well, we have a number of them. Um, one of them being, we have a we have a thing called Clean Cities University, which was specifically designed at first for. Coordinators, the new Clean Cities coordinators coming in, whether it was the coordinators and even their staff, to be able to understand what alternative fuels and the different you know things that Clean Cities does. So there's a number of different courses. It's like basic you know natural gas 101 or uh, EVSE, which are electric vehicle you know charging stations. Like giving you the the overall one on ones on a lot of things, and then it takes you into you know deeper courses as well and that right there is one of the most valuable tools that that's one of them that's one of the valuable tools that we're able to offer to our stakeholders now they didn't use it didn't used to be for stakeholders it was specifically for clean cities coordinators and it was kind of their training course to be able to you know run their coalitions and now since this past year doe or US DOE, and the national laboratories specifically national renewable energy laboratory out of colorado that runs the clean cities university program has since opened it up to our actual stakeholders and and i gotta tell you from our standpoint that's the greatest tool that we can have because you get to sign in it's just like going to school you get to sign in on your own time you can open up a course and start taking it and then you know if you don't have time to finish it you can go back to and finish it. So that right there is just it's it's a great tool overall. That's one of them. And then a, another tool that we have it's the altfield station locator. And you can see this on once again you can go to Clean Cities you know to the national page on the uh, US DOE website. And this is a great this is a great resource and tool because any kind of station that you're looking for whether it's electric, propane, hydrogen, natural gas. Um, you know biodiesel anything that you don't matter where you're at you punch in where, where you're at state wise and everything and on this big giant map pops up all these stations and everybody uses this thing. I mean especially if you're you know using one of these alternative bills so that's another great tool um, but then there's just a number of different you know brochures and and there's case studies and white papers and, and, and the clean cities program as a whole offers so much great information. There's just a lot of great resources and stuff which really helps out a lot of the fleets.
1: Do you have a favorite emerging alternative fuel?
0: Honestly, I really like all of them. I mean, I think they're all uh, valid. Uh, they're all, they all offer something for every application out there. The good thing about alternative fuels is that for every application that you have out there, which is basically a vehicle class, there's an app, you know, there's, a, there's an alternative fuel for that application. Because not all fits everything. Not one thing fits, fits them all. So having that option, it's, it just it, it helps make the, the situation that much better.
1: You make a really good point that alternative fuels, uh, they're varied and they can be used in different kind of applications. What do you see as some of the challenges to getting some of those lesser-known alternative fuels in the general market?
0: It comes down to, you know, when you're looking at, let's say, like conventional diesel, but you're able to you know you can you, you can have so much power and you can move you know freight you can move them up over hills because you have that you have that power to do this when you're looking at let's say electric vehicles now you know the market's really going down the, the the electric vehicle and hydrogen side right now but the challenge that you have right now is finding the power to be able to move these vehicles up over these gorges and, and not only that you're also looking at, the amount of weight that you're that you're carrying, you know, and I know there's some of the the other uh, OEMs that are out there testing these and stuff with, 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 with their own technologies and stuff, but I still think they're my my personal opinion is that they're probably still you know five to ten years off from actually getting to that point. The great thing about alternative fuels is that there's a there's an alternative fuel for every application.
1: Can you tell me a little bit more about your fleet services? If somebody is ready, they come to you, and what does Clean Cities do for them?
0: We actually have what we call fleet analysis, where we'll go in, we'll sit down with the fleet manager, or you know folks that are involved with the fleet department, and we'll look at their overall fleet as a whole, and look at where we can, where where the biggest impact of, of the different vehicles would be created with alternative bills. What what's going to help you displace those greenhouse gas emissions? What what's going to help? Displaced diesel. I mean the whole goal of of clean cities is basically to take you off of foreign oil diesel and and all that So we go inside we, we 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 meet with the fleet managers and stuff We ask them a bunch of different questions about their fleets We look at the vehicles that they're looking at replacing a lot of fleets will have they have different buying cycles so you've got to figure out what their buying cycles are for their vehicles whether it's three to five years, some fleets, t- you know, especially government fleets, will keep their vehicles for up to twenty years because they don't use them that much. Um, or some fleets will have it to where if it's one hundred fifty thousand miles or two hundred thousand miles, because of the value, the residual value that they'd get back for selling them early, bringing them back in. So there's a, a number of different things that you look at, and then you find out what they're interested in. Are, are they interested in going with EVs or? Or hybrids? Or are they looking at propane auto gas? Or are they looking at natural gas? There's a lot of different factors that go into this. And uh, specifically with natural gas, the challenge with natural gas is that there's not a lot of public infrastructure out there. Uh, what most people don't know in Oregon is that, you know, even though we don't have a lot of public CNG stations, we have a lot of private CNG stations with all of our refuse fleets. And I want to say that we have over 30 you know, private CNG stations. Now they don't advertise that, and there's there's reasons they have their own reasons for it. But that's a you know that's a that's a challenge there. When you're looking at electric vehicles, for instance, Oregon itself, throughout the whole state, I, I believe we have something like over 1,200 charging stations throughout the state, and that's those are level one, level two, and level three, which are your which are your DC fast chargers and it's, it's rapidly growing. So, I mean, if you have a e- electric vehicle, you can pretty much go wherever you want it to charge. Now, they're trying to expand some of the all-field corridors and stuff right now, because we don't have EV chargers everywhere. Uh, we actually have a really good map as part of our booth for the Clean Cities Coalition at the um, auto show at the Portland International Auto Show every year. We partnered up with the Oregon Department of Energy, and we have this giant map that shows there's dots that shows all the you know different you know charging stations not every single one of them but it, it it's a it's a really good map that kind of shows that and to go back to the map part again this is where i mentioned earlier where we have the all field station locator so we take it's it, it's kind of the same thing but you, you know you have it from a national standpoint but you have it from a local standpoint that's electric vehicle chargers and then just to jump into one more of the the categories which is really good is propane auto gas if you think about it like this if, if we do a propane you know conversion on your vehicle you can literally take that vehicle to any station that sells propane it doesn't matter if it's a gas station you can fill propane up anywhere you know, there's a couple different you know things that they'd like you to do but for the most part you, you can do that and that's that's actually pretty incredible
1: so you could just roll up to your local Shell or local Chevron if they have a propane tank there and say, "Can you fill up my car?"
0: Yeah, and they'll cause you, do it. Yeah, because you have to. You, you basically tell them, "Look, it's just like filling up the motorhome." The, you know, like when you take your you know your motorhome in the gas station and they have propane, you're filling up all the same tank. It's the same kind of tank. There's different adapters. There's a there's a specific uh, you know there's a universal adapter that we have in all of our vehicles here, to where we can take them to any station and fill it up. And I mean, a lot of people kind of trip out on it because they see that, you know, we're driving this vehicle that we can either run off of, you know, regular fuel or propane, or it's even dedicated. just depends on what it is. But yes, to answer your question, you really can. You can roll up to any fuel station. Now, there are gas stations out there that are dedicated to calling it propane auto gas. And this is where you're you're part of the, the state contract four-year alternative fuel, you know, taxes and stuff. It's a special sticker. and A lot of these stations get that, so they're not getting killed on taxes down the line. So it's, uh, it's something that's re- relatively new still. I mean, it's been around, but a lot of people aren't necessarily using it yet.
1: So we're recording today at the Advanced Transportation Technology Center, which is a division of Lynn Benton Community College. Your office is located here. Can you tell me about your relationship with the college and with the Technology Center?
0: Yeah, so my relationship here is I'm, I, I wear a multiple hats here, but specifically one of my, one of my jobs here is uh, I'm the manager of alternative Fuels for transportation, um, which we have, and I'm not bragging, but maybe I am, but we, 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 we like to think that we have world-class facilities here.
1: I can vouch for that. You just gave me a tour and it is incredible here
0: this is a vision that we had about 2009 when the industry was you know starting to ask questions about alternative fuels, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of training being done out there there was actually there was really none uh, you had to travel out to either uh, OEMs which are original engine manufacturers but but you had to go out to all these different places to get trained and, and, and so for the local you know colleges and stuff there w- wasn't much happened so we had this vision about talking about the future, about having some, some place to go to you know, t- you know, train our students on you know, a- advanced you know, technology. And the fortunate situation that we have here is that, um, so we have our automotive, diesel, and ag program r- ran out of here, those are, that's our, our, our core uh, business. I mean, that's, th- that's what our students come here for. And uh, those programs, all three of them have been around for more than 50 years. And the Alternative Field Program, which we kind of created back in 2009, we started dabbling into you know, different technologies and looking at different ways to do conversions and everything. Fast forward here to 2013, we, we opened up the first part of our building over here, the automotive side there, where we, where we have automotive and we have our all fill program. And then just recently, over the last year and a half, we opened up the Heavy Duty Equipment and Innovation Center, which is what we're in right now. This is, so we, we started doing you know conversions. So we have both of our buildings complete. We, we privately raised the money to build these facilities. And we're talking millions and millions of dollars. Our compound here uh, cost us close to, I think, 17, almost $18 million. Now out of that $18 million, 3.5 million of it came from we had a bond, we had a couple different grants, and we had a deal with the city of Lebanon. The city of Lebanon um, helped uh, give us a deal on, on the land here if we moved our, our campus here to have it built. And so we had that relationship with, with, the, with the city of Lebanon. But other than that, we, we got a lot of, the, a lot of our monies donated through private individuals and the industry in, in the fact that we would do all the different advanced transportation part which is what we've done. We've done stuff on both the light duty side and the heavy duty side. But one of the big projects that we're really proud of right now is that we've been working with the City of Portland with their wastewater treatment division, which is where they just see Portland just opened uh, 2 weeks ago. They opened up, they they were burning off, you know, the you know, the field from their wastewater treatment plant. They worked with a number of different parties including Clean Cities, and now they just finished building their scrubber, which in turn is taking that that, that methane and, and they're turning it into renewable natural gas. So they're producing renewable natural gas now and they built a station there. Our our part of that here is with we, we have our program called the Learn and Earn program, which is for our students. Students that are going through the automotive program that wanna learn about alternative fuels and being able to get trained on these different things, we actually have a program to where we pay the students to learn how to do alternative fuels and, and how to do these conversions. That's kind of a cool thing, you think about it. They're doing their regular automotive program. When they're done for the day with their regular classes, they come over to us about one o'clock, one to two o'clock, and we're teaching them. We're, we're certifying them, we're teaching them how to do all these different kinds of conversions, propane, natural gas, electric, and we're, we're paying them to do this. You know, and it, it's kind of a cool thing. They're, they're killing two birds with one stone. So with the City of Portland project right now, we we've done so far our, our students we've done five conversions for them and I say five conversions we've done five CNG conversions so aftermarket CNG conversions on on their on their fleet out there for the Bureau of Environmental Services which is the wastewater treatment division of the City of Portland we have a deal set up with them now over the next five to ten years now they they have roughly about a hundred vehicles in their fleet over there and and the goal and the game plan is to to put these conversions in for them. These are all new vehicles. There's one of them that was used, and that was kind of the the, the, the the test project, and it turned out well, and now they're moving forward. So we're putting on all these conversions for them, putting them in, and we're doing everything. The low-pressure system, which is underneath the hood, to the high-pressure system, which, is, which are your CNG tanks. So we have this deal going on right now. We've done... We're, we've done five trucks. We're doing the sixth one right now. and we got seven more coming in here in the next month. And the game plan is to do these all these conversions over the next five to ten years. We're training all their technicians, too. We have an incoming you know, training program here for, well, really for everything. We, we teach everything here, but specifically on the natural gas. And then we also have our fill inspector class, which anytime you're going to work on natural gas vehicles, you need to have one of your technicians that's certified on the tank side of it. If there's anything that goes wrong and stuff, he knows how to react and what to do to either shut the gas off to how to, you know. I mean, there's a bunch of different things that go behind it. So we have this game plan with him right now, and it's, it's so far it's working.
1: So you mentioned that you wear multiple hats. We've talked about Clean Cities. We've talked about the Advanced Technology Center here. Tell me about your big show that you have coming up in April.
0: So, yeah, we have the Green Transportation Summit and Expo they started off small, and now, now we're doing convention centers and we do racetracks. And it's very much, it's a grassroots, fleet-oriented, boots-on-the-ground, you know, regional conference. And we're looking at the, we, we, we look at what's going on within that region, whether it's, you know, grants or, you know, alternative fields or anything around transportation stuff. It's just a, it's a very in, intimate show. It's really that, it's that go-to for fleets that are local or even, you know, coming in nationally or even just transportation folks in general. It's, it's a great meetup. One of the things I'm really excited about, though, part of the show is, is that we, I always look at ride and drives. Ride and drives are, are, are great, but a lot of times when you're going to the, it don't matter if you're going to a national ride and drive, you're going to a dealership and they, hey, you want to take the vehicle off or a test drive. The problem with that is that you're on public streets, so there's stop signs, stop lights, people, distract. There's everything that kind of makes it boring. I'm not saying that it's boring, but it, it can be boring. And so we wanted to create something different. And I always visioned you know, a racetrack. So we came up with this idea: why don't we, why don't we take the ride and drives with all these great alternative fuel vehicles? And we're talking about everything. We're talking about every technology, every size of vehicle. And why don't, why don't we put them on a racetrack? 2015 when we did the Portland Expo. We originally just started off doing the road course, and then we got word that we could do the drag strip too because a lot of these race courses that we go to where we take the show to across the country, they have you get on the drag strip, we have the timing lights, we have the clocks, you get your slips, and you get to race these different vehicles and, and see their true potential, their true technology. I think one of my favorite stories, talking about electric vehicles, when you look at a Toyota Prius or a Nissan Leaf, most people look at them and say like, those things are just little slugs they're not quick they're you know it's like meek meet, you know it's like you know it's like herbie Lovebug Meet meek. you know going down a thing i remember we we, we did one of our, our shows out in colorado and we were at band mirror speedway out there and we had just a great selection of vehicles we had everything natural gas we had teslas we had we had we had just a wide variety of vehicles and, and i remember um we had a it was a nissan leaf and it was a it was one of the, the propane, you know, uh, F-150s. It was a, a bi fuel F-150, which basic, bi fuel basically means you can run on gas or that technology, whether it's natural gas or propane. So it's a bi right? Still pretty quick. Still a very quick truck. But they are racing each other, and everyone's just laughing that this little Nissan Leaf is on there and stuff. And I think they realize that the power that a Nissan Leaf has, especially off the line, and this Nissan Leaf just smoked this vehicle I mean it smoked it off the line it, it eventually lost because you're looking at the battery power and stuff but it literally smoked it off the line it was beating it all the way halfway and then the other truck passed it off but I think that right there changed the perception of what people thought about the technology itself it just shows the advanced part of you know alternative bills. they provide you know just different values for each of the applications that they're, you know, being put onto.
1: So, at the end of the day, we're working on these alternative fuels, emerging technologies, why does it matter?
0: The bottom line is that they give fleets options. It's, it's not just one fuel, like there, there's a couple of fuels that fleets would normally use, either gas and or diesel, but now you have electric, you have hybrid, you have propane, you have natural gas, you have liquid natural gas, and you have hydrogen. You have all the different renewables but now you have all these different options and stuff and it's 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 better on your engine it's better on your maintenance it's better on uh, the environment i mean which is number one that's key so i'd say environment you know engine maintenance health i mean alternative bills give give you that option you know, when you're standing next to a, a school bus that has propane on it now, if you have a propane auto gas, your kids aren't getting sick anymore. You know, when you're standing next to a diesel bus and it's just blowing out all the soot and crap that it blows out, your sick you know, your kids and and even the folks that are standing next to them have a higher risk of getting all kinds of different health issues and stuff. So alternative fuels help clean up the environment straight up, and they, they just give you a, another option of going green.
1: Well, you heard it here first. The future of alternative fuels is bright in Oregon. Learn more and see photos of the Advanced Transportation Technology Center on our blog, energyinfo.oregon.gov. Learn more about our work at oregon.gov energy. All episodes of Grounded are available on soundcloud.com slash oregonenergy. Subscribe to Grounded through your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. And please rate us. Your ratings help others find our podcast. Thanks again for listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy.